Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello and welcome to Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established co-founder of Established Ventures, and the team behind the Start of the Year community and this very podcast. Welcome. Hope you're having a great day. In this episode, I'm talking with Ben Hood. He's the co-founder and CTO of WattBuy, which is a very interesting company. It helps consumers take charge of your electricity usage. More specifically, though, WattBuy is a one-of-a-kind energy marketplace that helps people lower their annual electricity bills by up to 40%. That's pretty awesome. Not to mention, they just raised an additional $10 million in Series A funding, bringing their total now in Series A. I guess they, they added it to their previous one. They've now got $13.25 million in this current round, and uh, they're continuing to push forward. So pretty excited to talk to Ben here shortly. He came through our Startup of the Year program in 2018. They did really a great job. They were one of the top 20 companies that participated that year, and uh, excited to catch up. So Looking forward to talking to Ben here shortly, but before I do, I want to share a little more about um, what we're doing here at the start of the year in our community, and uh, really, it's all about you and as a founder, really about startup founders and, and helping them with their startup journey. We do uh, a number of community programs and resources that help educate and build relationships. We also uh, have our annual awards, which are coming up here soon. We have our annual summit and awards. We'll be announcing some things shortly, but look forward at the end of the year here. Uh, or beginning of next year as we get going. We actually might roll it over, almost like they do with the Super Bowl. So get ready for that. Uh, we'll bring, be, be awarding uh, the top startups with a number of different things. Uh, there's up to $50,000 in potential prizes and investment as part of that, and the top 100 companies that uh, we vet from this year's uh, allotment of, of, of new community members will be invited to participate, and uh, it'll be a chance to connect, showcase, and potentially take home the title of Startup of the Year. So Lots of exciting stuff coming as we round out this 2021 and roll into 2022. And uh, Ben has actually been a part of it back in 2018. So excited to uh, catch up with Ben Hood from WattBuy. All right. Welcome, Ben Hood. So great to see you today. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Frank. It's been a while. Like I think you were part of our 2018. Well, I know you're part of our 2018 Startup of the Year program and you guys did amazing with your company uh, WattBuy. So I'm excited to have you back and hear how things have been going since then. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. So just to get people started, let's can you give a, our listeners a little bit of background about what WattBuy does? Absolutely. Yeah. So WattBuy is operates in deregulated electricity markets. Our idea is really to give people uh, enough information so that they can make great decisions about their electricity. So in, in deregulated electricity markets where you can choose who produces your electricity, that means uh, giving people uh, information on what their home is probably using and what are the, the clean and uh, uh, affordable plans that are available to them. Um, so we, we do a lot of machine learning to sort of figure out those things and present them very easily to the user. And then in other states, it's uh, giving people information on how much electricity their house is probably using so that they can decide whether they want to go with a battery in the garage or they can put uh, rooftop solar or community solar, um, use those types of options so that they can um, both save money on their bills and then they can also uh, help affect uh, climate change by reducing their carbon footprint. footprint. 
Awesome. So if, if anybody wanted to find you, they just go to wattbuy.com and do that? Or how, does, how do they engage? Absolutely. Yeah. So you go to wattbuy.com and you put in your address. And so mm-hmm. if, if you're in one of these 12 or 13 states that allows you to choose uh, electricity plans, then you'll see a list of a bunch of plans that are available. So for instance, if, you, if you're in Houston, then you might see you know, 20 or 30 plans that are available, some, some of them renewable, some of them not, some of them uh, you know, sort of innovative uh, uh, pricing plans. Um, and then if you're in some place like uh, Arizona or New Mexico that don't that doesn't have deregulated electricity, you still put in your address and then we would say, okay, do you want some more information on solar? Do you want to see how much solar might be able to impact your your cost and uh, and how much electricity you're using? Wow, that's cool. And I'm gonna put my own self on the spot here. I have not put my address in and I don't know if, the, if you guys can help me. I'm actually in Maine. Can you help Maine people? So Maine is actually a deregulated electricity state. Uh, it's not quite as big. Um, we, we have a huge number of plans. The state in is Texas. large, Ben. It's pretty large. <laughs> it's, it's enormous. <laughs> enormous. And, and, and I'm sure you use a lot of electricity, Frank. So, you know, all yep. these computers that you have going on. Uh, but yep. but they, they don't quite have, they don't have as much, as many uh, options as somebody in Texas or mm-hmm. sort of Texas, Pennsylvania, um, New York is playing around with their with their plans just a little bit. Ohio, Illinois. So there are really large, uh, really large states that are um, that are deregulated, um, and it's sort of in the Texas plus the Northeast. That's kind of the the uh, regions of the country that have these deregulated electricity plans. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. So how did this idea get started? Where did the idea come from, and how did you get it going? Yeah. So Naman Trividi and I, um, we. We were both in the Washington D.C. area. Actually, I was, uh, uh, you know, when I was working at AOL with you, Frank, <laughs> I was in the yep. D.C. area, um, right. and we we were actually watching. We saw that a lot of the companies that are selling these electricity plans, um, they were they were really targeting low income neighborhoods. So this was actually not a, a good thing. What we what we saw was that they were they were going into low income neighborhoods and they were sort of doing scam rates. Um, the electricity companies were were doing scam rates to get people um, switched to a different electricity plan. And then after one month of low rates, it would pop up the uh, the electricity pricing quite a bit. Uh, and so then you would have these uh, low income neighborhoods where people were paying two or three times what they should have been paying for the, their electricity. Um, we got kind of excited about it because um, because what we what we realized is that this is a problem that has a right answer. Um, so this is a situation where if you know how much electricity you use, um, you are able to to figure out which of these plans is going to be the right plan for you. Um, in in a place that has a whole lot of sort of innovative plans, you might have a plan that uh, that is ten cents per kilowatt hour, just a flat rate. Or you might have a plan that says you can use up to 1,500 kilowatt hours and you're going to pay a, a, a flat $100. Uh, or you might have a plan, I mean, I've even seen plans that uh, have free electricity from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And then you pay 17 cents per kilowatt hour from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So it, it's kind of difficult for consumers to understand what is the best plan for them. But we got pretty excited about it because it's just a data problem. So if you know what your electricity usage is and you can plug that in, then you can find the answer in the back of the book. You can you can say, like, this is the right plan for me. So we decided to sort of commit ourselves to doing this so that we could provide the information um, to low income consumers and consumers that want to want to choose more renewable options so that we can give them the, the right answer. Um, so we started building the, the uh, product out so that we have we actually have now a machine learning model. So you can put in any address in the U.S. 
um, it uses a machine learning to say like, okay, in, in this particular place, we're seeing this type of weather, we're seeing this type of climate, this type of building characteristics. And then we grab from assessors data and Zillow data, we grab the information on what the house is. So it's 2,250 square feet and it has four bedrooms and it has uh, three bathrooms. So that type of house in this type of area with this type of weather uses this much electricity at 2 a.m. It uses this much electricity at 4 p.m. Uh, it uses this much electricity uh, in the spring, in the summer, in the fall. So we build out that whole machine learning model and then we apply it to every plan that's available to you. Uh, and so that we can say, hey, this plan right here is the right plan for you. Very cool. Uh, wow, this has come such a long way. I remember when you were just getting started and, and here we are. It's amazing to, to have seen the journey, you know, front, front and center here. So can Absolutely. you tell... Oh, okay. sorry. I, I was going to say, you know, back when we were uh, competing in the start of the, of the year, it was really just Naman and I. So uh, I was actually living at that time in, in Poland and Naman was in Seattle. Uh, and so right. we had just had, we had uh, finished up with Techstars. And so we had, you know, a tiny bit of money in the bank, but it, it was basically just us. Uh, and so it, over the next three years or so, um, we've been able to build out the team. So now we have about 10 people domestically and we have about uh, a dozen engineers um, internationally. Uh, and so it's actually been a, a really fun journey so far to to have a lot of people working on this um, because we really we really believe in it. Yeah, and I, I love the um, the backing, the reason, the, your why, right? To, it obviously started with helping underrepresented uh, homeowners. And can you, can you dive into that a little bit more and and how that you know the impact you might be having on some of them? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we uh, have been really excited about, you know, getting them the right information. So we've, we've been very focused. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really a huge believer of, uh, you know, um, you know, affecting climate change, um, uh, making sure that we push down our carbon footprint. But the reality is that our grid is not yet fully transitioned over to, to you know, only renewable resources. Uh, and so um, it, it is a little bit of a luxury to be able to say, I want to, I want to only use green energy. So a, a lot of people are still in the situation where they're spending, um, you know, 20% of their disposable income uh, on electricity, on energy usage. And the reality is that, uh, usually for lower income, they, they don't have the house upgrades. So they don't have as much insulation. They don't have um, the weatherproofed, uh, you know, the, um, the flashing for windows and things like that. And so it, it's even more important for them to have um, low cost electricity plans. So we've really been pushing hard to, to be able to uh, provide that, that option um, through our marketing channels and through the, the relationships that we have with other businesses um, to make sure that we're hitting those people that are, um, that are interested in, in saving that money. So we have a program where we have APIs um, that are exposed to personal finance websites. So when people, uh, when people are needing to you know, cut a couple of dollars from their budget, whenever they need to, to save the $15 or the $30, um, we're there, we're presenting them with the information and we're presenting them very specifically with the information for their particular home. So for this type of home, for this size, uh, for this house that was built in 1932, this is probably what how much electricity you're going to be using so that you can understand like, okay, this is going to be the one that uh, uh, that saves me the most money for this particular house that might not have the insulation that, that a modern house has. Great. And I, I love the partner model. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Who, who are you partnering with to kind of get this information in the right spots? And how did that go? How did that come to be? Because I feel like a lot of startups forget that partners are so important. And I think that oh. you obviously understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. What we, what we found is that um, 
in, in, in the best possible situation, people just never think about their electricity, right? I mean, you, you think about the electricity for, you know, uh, half a second whenever you turn on your uh, light switch. And as long as it comes on, you don't think about it at all, right? So true. Um, so, yeah. How far have we come that we just don't even, we don't even realize we're using it. It's absolutely. It's, 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 the, it's this, it's magical, right? And, and in so many places in the world, you know, they don't, they don't have it, right? I mean, in so many places, people are still using kerosene to light their uh, light their evenings and you know uh, yeah there's a whole other thing on that um, uh, hopefully we can do international later but um, it, it doesn't have a lot of mind share so what we decide is that we really need to meet people when they are already thinking about electricity or when they're when they're thinking about something else so that we can sort of create those new opportunities so we've done a partnership with updater um, and I think updater they 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 cover something like 25 or 30 percent of the moves in the US. So uh, that's obviously a time when people have to think about electricity because they're moving into a new house, so they have to get their electricity set up. Um, so we're, we're doing a, a partnership with Updaters so that whenever people move to a new house, we go ahead and get them set up on, on electricity, providing them with the right information so that they can make the decision right when they, right when they move to this new place. It's also, you know, our machine learning model also allows them to, to have an estimate on how much their electricity is going to be even before they move into the house, which is pretty helpful for people to, to be able to budget. And then the other time when people are kind of thinking, uh, they might not be thinking about electricity, but whenever they're going onto their personal finance websites, um, so you know if it's if it's Mint or uh, like Credit Karma or Truebill or you know it, it's any kind of personal finance website, um, we've done a couple of partnerships with personal finance websites that uh, allow you to say, okay, this is how much electricity you're going to save. So if you are looking to, to save that $12 that, uh, per month or that $15 per month, then this is, this is one of the things that you could do among many. Maybe you want to cut your cable bill. Maybe you also um, want to take a look at uh, the different electricity plants. So sort of meeting people where they are instead of trying to force them to think about electricity. Because, yeah, like we said, if, uh, if nothing's going wrong, uh, then people probably don't want to think about uh, electricity. It's only when they have to think about uh, saving a little bit of money or they have to set up their electricity, or maybe they have decided they're, um, they're doing, um, uh, they're getting very environmental. They have a, a, a kid, you know, like bo both of us have kindergartners. So, you know, every once in a while they come home from school and say like, what are we doing to make sure that we are affecting climate change? Then we're going to be uh, integrated with those um, those communities where there are environmental options so that we can say, hey, a big part of, uh, of affecting climate change is making sure that your, um, your electricity options are green. And so here are the plans that, uh, that allow you to do that. Well, that makes a lot of sense, Ben. And I love the three, three different uh, strategy kind of approaches of different places you're touching uh, people, consumers, when they're not even thinking about electricity. And, and honestly, I mean, still, they probably don't even realize they can save money on electricity a lot of times. So that's really, really smart. Um, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you guys face uh, thus far or, or have been facing? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so one of the biggest ones is um, good old, good old uh, Tommy Edison. Um, so the, the biggest obstacle has been that this is, this is not a new industry, right? For the, for the U.S., at least, this is an industry that was uh, created about, you know, uh, 100, 120 years ago. Um, so it is not... Um, uh, it's not super innovative. Uh, like, like we said, you know, it, it usually just works uh, every once in a while, like in, in Texas in February, you know, something massively goes wrong. But in general, you know, things are things are working. And so there's there hasn't been a huge amount of innovation in in a whole lot of the U.S. Um, they still operate on a monopoly uh, sort of uh, distributor model uh, or a monopoly uh, model 
where uh, sort of a, um, one company produces the electricity, distributes the electricity, transmits the electricity. So those companies are regulated by public utility, utility commissions, but they, there's not a huge incentive for them to be very innovative. So to be a, a tech forward um, startup, uh, you know, Silicon Valley uh, funded startup that, um, that really pushes the envelope in terms of machine learning models and, um, and innovative sort of interfaces for customers, sometimes that gets a little pushback um, from the industry uh, because the industry hasn't done, uh, done it exactly that way. Uh, in, in that way, though, COVID has kind of been a, um, a blessing a little bit because a lot of people have been willing to rethink things um, because of COVID. So obviously you had a, a huge number, whenever there were a lot of shutdowns, there were a huge number of buildings and, and commercial spaces that weren't using a lot of electricity. A lot more people were using electricity at their homes because they were working from homes. So that has allowed us to uh, to sort of take advantage of that uh, and rethink like how we're how we're presenting our information and um, and getting more people excited about sort of the future of uh, of uh, educating customers and getting people to switch online. Um, whereas uh, before, uh, you know, some people would say like, oh, well, we're doing door to door kind of distribution. So what do we need to what do we need to change? And now door to door just doesn't work. Oh, that's really interesting. All right. Switching gears. Congratulations. You guys just had a big announcement. You raised your uh, Series A, a pretty large Series A, and um, wanted to first congratulate you and then also just talk about the fundraise and the process. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, we are really excited. So we added $10 million to our Series A. Um, so the, the, the total is about $13 million. Um, and this is, this is really going to be kind of a game changer for us um, because we, we proved out the market. We uh, understand now how to do this. Uh, and this is really doubling down on it, um, expanding the team um, so, that we can, so that we can push into, um, uh, into uh, new kind of opportunities for us. Uh, and really build out um, some of the things that we were we were playing around a little bit with, um, but have a, a, a full team and the full experience and, and resources to back this uh, this thesis that we have. That's great. And I saw that SC uh, Ventures is is actually the lead on that. And our good friend friend uh, Grant Allen out of used to be out of DC. Did you know him when he was in DC? Yeah, yes, I did. Actually, I think I, you might have uh, introduced me to him. Uh, he, he, oh, interesting. I think. At that point, I think he was with ABB. Um, yep, ABB. Ventures. Yep. Yes, yep. Uh, and and, uh, um, and so uh, I think you actually might have introduced, and so I, I've been kind of following him. It's been it's just been fantastic uh, talking to him um, and uh, and and getting him. He was actually just on our um, on our first board meeting. Um, he said hello to everybody, um, uh, you know, on Monday. And so we we're we're really excited that he's joining. That he has this depth of experience uh, in the electricity space. Uh, because we we know that um, yes we want to we want to be a tech forward startup we want to have a foot in Silicon Valley but we also uh, we we want to work really well with a whole bunch of uh, um, sort of the existing electricity players and Schneider Electric really allows us to do that um, and yeah he's he's been a fantastic uh, addition to the board already anyway so talk a little bit more about um, what you're going to do now that you have that raise. Yes, I think so. Um, a, a lot of what we're going to do is uh, we're pushing out more fully into the solar. Um, so right now, what we're what we have been doing is that in the 13 states that we uh, that we have deregulated plans, we've always been able to offer people uh, plans that are sort of paired with RECs, renewable energy certificates, um, so that so that you can you can have a, um, a plan 
you know, that is offset by renewable energy. However, now we're pushing also into uh, offering people community solar, which is slightly different. It has a few more states that are available. So in Colorado, for instance, you, you cannot do deregulated electricity, but you can choose to do community solar. The idea behind community solar is that you there is a um, you might not be able to put solar panels on your roof, on your individual roof, but you you can you want to participate in a in buying clean electricity from solar. Uh, and so there is a, um, a a solar field or somewhere that produces electricity for uh, 200 or a uh, thousand houses. And then you buy into that. Uh, and then so some of your electricity is offset by that uh, solar energy that is uh, that is produced by that. Uh, that field of, of panels. Um, so that's a community solar option. And so we're pushing into that so that we're, we're making sure that everybody knows that they can then ha can have that as a choice. And then we're also pushing into uh, rooftop solar. So since we have this machine learning model, uh, we want to be able to say to someone, okay, if you put solar panels on your roof, then this is how much it would shave down your electricity usage. And this is how it would actually change your, um, change your, your uh, profile of your bill um, and how much you would be able to save. Would you be able to pay it back in 12 years, um, uh, pay off the, the solar panels in 12 years or 15 years, whatever? Um, and then we're also we're also pushing pretty heavily into sort of more personalization. Um, so if you do have uh, if you have a bill or you have a, something called a green button um, data uh, for your individual mm -hmm. property, then allowing people to submit that so that uh, so that we can say very specifically, okay, you, you're this kind of the standard for your house is probably going to be this much electricity. But you upload your green button, and so we're able to say, well, you're using usually about five to ten percent less than what we would estimate. So let's let's recalculate your uh, electricity usage with that in mind, uh, and make sure that we're giving you the the plan that is actually best for you. Um, there's a little bit more ex ex um, uh, expansion also into uh, uh, into other states um, that we're pushing forward on. We we definitely want to make sure that people understand time of use rates as well. Um, in regulated states, so that they can uh, so that they can make decisions, even if they can't choose a different uh, electricity provider because they live in a regulated state, um, they might be able to choose from two or three different time of use rates. And time of use rates are when the electricity company says, you know, your normal electricity rate is going to be about ten cents, for instance. Um, but from four p.m. to six p.m. Uh, whenever it, everybody gets home from work and they turn on their air conditioning and they uh, and they they use just a ton of electricity, we're going to charge you twenty cents per kilowatt hour uh, because that's when everybody needs to use electricity. So we're going to charge you a little bit more and maybe make you think a little bit more about uh, about turning the dishwasher on at that time or turning your dryer on at that time. So we're we're going to also push into time of use rates uh, so that we can say to people in these regulated states, hey, this this is what you're probably going to be paying. Um, and if you if you get yourself a, a smart thermostat or you get yourself um, some other kind of um, smart devices that can help regulate your use during those smart uh, times, um, then we're going to save you a little bit more money. And this is how long it would uh, it would, for instance, uh, take you to pay back that that Nest thermostat or that Echo B thermostat. Interesting. I mean, that that timing you mentioned kind of reminds me of surge pricing with Uber, right? Like similar, Absolutely. similar model. Yes. It, that's absolutely right. Exactly. So you know, when it's uh, when everybody wants to use it, uh, then yep. then you charge more for it, so that you make sure that people really want to want to use it right at that time. And if they can shift it, if you can if you can wait yourself, you know, thirty minutes to get that Uber pricing surge pricing to come down because it's uh, it's not raining anymore, uh, then you might do it because you can save some money. So yes, absolutely, like surge pricing. 
Yep. Okay. So we're going to dive a little bit more into your company now and how you've kind of grown it, because I think a lot of listeners are probably wondering you, you, you kind of, it's just you, you and your co-founder, you were in Poland, right? When you started yes. this company, uh, talk us through that journey. Like, how did you guys get this going? What were, your, what were your thoughts? And then like, what was, you know, I know you went through Techstars, you know, I want to hear that process and then like how you approached growing the team. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so yes, my, my wife is a foreign service officer. And so we were living in Warsaw, Poland from 2016 to 2019, um, which, uh, and, and my, my co-founder, Naman, we had actually worked on an earlier electricity startup around uh, sort of uh, 2012, 2013, uh, that kind of time frame. And at that time, we were actually kind of talking a little bit about, these, uh, um, about this de- deregulated electricity pricing. However, we, um, because we had just come off of, uh, of another startup, um, I worked sort of more traditional jobs. I worked at a, a cybersecurity company, Endgame, in Arlington, and then we, then we went off to Poland. Um, Actually, what happened? I was I was working in Poland. I was I was you know reasonably reasonably happy doing what I was doing. And then Naman, who was working at Google, um, called me and said, "I don't want to work at Google anymore. Um, we need to do uh, a startup. We should work on a startup. And we've already talked about this deregulated electricity pricing stuff. Um, we really need to double down on that." Uh, and I said, "That seems great, you know, because of course every day people say like I don't want to work at Google." Um, he, he actually seemed kind of crazy to me, but he was, uh, he was, you know, a recent grad. He had worked a, a, for a year at Google and he decided like, yes, the, uh, you know, I want to do something a little bit more where I have more of an impact than I can have at Google. Um, and so I said, yes, we can definitely do that. But, um, do you have time to run this? Because I'm, I'm also, uh, working on this other, uh, this other thing here in Poland. And he said, yes, I can, I can definitely do that. I'll be the start. Uh, I'll be the CEO. Um, you can help me, you know, make sure that we, we build the right thing. Um, because I've been a product manager and an engineer for the last uh, uh, decade or so. Uh, and so you make sure that we build the right thing and I'll, I'll do everything else. Um, and uh, I thought, okay, let's, let's see where this goes uh, because, the, you know, Naman is, uh, he's tenacious, uh, but I didn't know whether, you know, everything would kind of fall together. You, you've seen a lot of startups, uh, you know, they don't get off the ground. Um, what we, what we uh, how it happened was that, uh, okay, so we were kind of working through this. Uh, and then Naman was applying to Techstars, uh, and he met Lisa Mitchell, uh, who is at the Kansas City Techstars, and she was absolutely fantastic. She said, I, I definitely want you to be in this cohort. I want you to, to be uh, in Techstars, uh, and I really think that uh, you have something special. Um, I think you can, you can be the, the very sort of the bold one. She has said before that, um, that I'm uh, a little bit conservative. Naman is very, uh, you know, very aggressive. Um, so she thought that this was a great, um, a great combination for the two of us. Um, so we were in Kansas City. I flew back from Poland um, to, to be in Kansas City. Naman moved from Seattle down to Kansas City. Um, and we were able to pull it together, pull together a lot of the kind of the ideas. We started working with, a, uh, with an engineering team out of India um, so that we could actually get some of our, uh, our uh, you know, sort of ideas fully created uh, and out on a website. Um, when I was back in Poland, I would fly to and from India um, uh, two or three times a year so that I was um, running the, the engineering teams and understood, you know, sort of like what their skill sets were. Um, and Poland to India is a little bit easier a flight than America to India. Uh, and then it really started getting a whole lot uh, faster in 2019 when I moved back from, um, from Poland to the U.S. and Naman moved from 
uh, Seattle to New York. So then we're in the same time zone. Uh, we raised uh, our, our Series A. Um, uh, we got a couple of grants from Schmidt Futures, uh, and we've really been able to um, to sort of turbocharge everything that we were doing with this central thesis of giving people uh, information to to make good decisions on their electricity usage. Very cool. Uh, it's quite quite a journey, and actually, I just I, I know just because I've known you for so long and worked know you know know the work you've done at AOL and doing product stuff. You've worked with you know remote teams for a long time. Can you share a little bit more with everyone that's listening how you go about like building a, a team you can trust you know in another environment like they're in India or or in you know I think you, you had some teams in Poland. Poland, yeah, exactly. Yes. You've done this for a while. Absolutely. I mean, it, it has gotten so much easier, right? I mean, uh, now that we have uh, FaceTime, <laughs> now that we have, you know, all of these tools, uh, Zoom, uh, all of these tools uh, to, to collaborate, it's, it's so much easier, but it does, it does take, in, in my mind, it takes a lot of upfront um, work. So one of the things that I was doing in Poland is I was actually running a, an outsourced um, software company. So um, we were, we had a, a lot of uh, uh clients in the UK and in the US uh, who wanted to use uh, the, the um, more affordable engineers that were in Warsaw, Poland. Um, and a lot of people would come with an, an idea uh, and sort of want to toss it over the wall um, to, to engineering team and say like, just, you know, my idea is this iOS application and, you know, just run with it. Um, there's a whole lot more foundation that needs to be that needs to be laid before uh, before I think you can just sort of toss things over the wall. And that's that's one of the reasons why I I made a few trips to India. Obviously, COVID makes things <laughs> a little bit more difficult, um, but I, that's the reason why I made a few trips to India because I wanted I wanted them to understand. I wanted the engineers to understand where I was coming from, uh, and I wanted to understand uh, where they were coming from to be able to to say to really like. Um, uh, allow us to, to run whenever we are completely remotely, uh, uh, completely, uh, remote work. So, so, um, so was that because of the richness of the communication you're saying, was it more important I, to lay that groundwork initially? Like, here's what we're trying to do. Cause I know I've, I've worked with teams, you've worked with teams that probably haven't built the right product before. And so I, oh, I just absolutely. want to figure out how do you, how do you, how, how do you, how do you miss, you know, miss that? How do you make sure that doesn't happen? I guess. Yeah, I think so. It also, I mean, you and I are also product managers. And so um, I, I think part of it is it comes from defining the product and exactly what you what you need to do. Um, and, and then it also comes from the, the communication that happens. Um, the, the, and and it's, it's, it's more difficult, not just from a, a, from a remote standpoint, but also from a cultural standpoint. Um, so I, I think it's uh, one thing that I've been able to, to figure out sort of on the on the engineering side is um, there are certain certain engineers that I'm working with with India. Um, that I, whenever I, I say, you know, this is what I need, I'm able to say like, this is, this is basically the customer need. Um, and then that, that engineer will run with it and, and produce a, a beautiful product. And then there are other engineers that I, that I work with occasionally where I need to say like, this needs to look like X and Y and Z. So I need to, to explain it completely to them. Um, uh, so, uh, because there's, you know, it might be experience level, it might be cultural, um, it might be a lot of different things, but understanding how you communicate to, to each of the in individual engineers, it's so much easier, in my mind, it's so much easier in a room first to do it. And then to, uh, after, your, uh, uh, after your remote, then to be able to say like, okay, whenever I'm talking to this engineer, I need to be able to say A, B, and C. And whenever I'm talking to this engineer, I need to say like, move out on this particular thing. 
it's it's you can do it uh, completely remotely, right? By not by not uh, just going there. But you you need to at that point you need to over communicate and you need to probably say to every engineer like do A B and C, uh, and then you'll slowly figure out you know three six months later you'll slowly figure out like okay this engineer does not need that level of, of detail but these engineers still do, um, so that's that's what I'm uh, I I usually find it, there's there is a uh, there's a tremendous amount of talent in the world though I mean I, I I'm. So I'm really excited that it is that we're getting the tools that allow us to do this because uh, the, you know, the engineers that we have in India are fantastic engineers. The engineers and designers that we have in Poland are fantastic. And if I if I were only looking in a in a uh, you know a, a five mile radius from here I am in in Washington D.C. I wouldn't be able to get all of these fantastic engineers and having them contribute to it. So there's a there's a huge like upside to being able to work with everybody uh, all over the place. But setting that foundation and and uh, like over communicating at the beginning is pretty necessary so that you don't you don't uh, come up you know pop up uh, in six months and say hey you know we we built exactly the wrong thing because I, I assumed you were doing this, you assumed that I meant this, uh, and so then we have the wrong thing. So it's that over-communication at the very beginning. Um, if it's in person, great, uh, and if it's not, then, uh, uh, then really over-communicate remotely so that you can get on the same page before you, before you, you know, it really becomes important. Thank you, Ben. That's great insights for anybody that's doing this and wants to build a product. And obviously, there's a lot of great people, as you mentioned, out there that can help. All right. So we're going to we're going to switch gears here and talk a little bit more about WAPI again. Can you share like your short term, long term goals? Because we're about we're about at time. So I want to make sure we get kind of the vision of where this is going. Absolutely. So the um, uh, short term is, uh, you know, some of the things that I've, I've mentioned before, you know, heavier, yep. heavier sort of personalization, solar, a whole lot more. Um, Long long term, we really want to be we want to be the 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 resource the easiest resource for uh, all fifty states for every home in all fifty states on what you can do to to make the biggest impact uh, on your uh, on your electricity. So if if it's um, uh, if it's solar, awesome. If it's switching electricity plans, t- terrific. If it's installing a battery so that you can shave your rates. Um, then, then that seems great. Um, if it's installing insulation, um, then then that's fantastic as well. You know, a lot of the times insulation is not all that sexy, um, but in a lot of houses, you know, built before the the seventies, um, that's usually your biggest ROI is putting more insulation in the walls and in the ceilings. So we we want to be that uh, that source of truth for every homeowner, so that we can we can accelerate this time um, to get to sort of like a carbon free future. Um, we're, we're really motivated by this, um, by climate change. Um, and, and so we want to make sure that everybody has the right information so that, so that we can get ourselves to like a, a more efficient, uh, a more efficient future where the grid works for everybody. Uh, but that it is also, uh, it, it, it hopefully is not uh, impacting climate change the way our current grid is. Interesting. And I'm curious, and you can obviously share as much as you like here, but have you crossed paths with another person that's doing something similar in the energy space? Um, with Tesla energy, have you crossed paths with Elon Musk on this yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Elon and I, yeah, we spend lots of lots of nights together. No, I, I have not. I have not talked to him in particular, but I have. Um, we 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 talk to a lot of uh, a lot of partners, a lot of potential partners, um, and we are really excited about what Tesla is doing. Um, I, I a, a, a short aside is 
the the idea behind deregulated electricity, you know, these 13 states, it, it was around the 90s that they that they sort of like um, uh, pushed on deregulation. The the whole idea is that by introducing competition, um, you're creating better products and you're making it more affordable for, for consumers. Uh, and it was only these 13 states. The really exciting thing about Tesla and about uh, a lot of rooftop solar and batteries is that we're we're introducing uh, competition to every homeowner in the U.S. because uh, or every homeowner that uh, that can put uh, rooftop solar and battery because all of them now can say I-, I choose to produce my own electricity rather than get electricity from the grid. Maybe the grid is you know maybe in a, I'm in a place where the grid is mainly powered by coal-fired power plants. I don't want to do that. Previously, if you weren't in a deregulated state, you didn't have a choice. Now you have a choice. You can say, I want to put enough solar panels up there so that I don't have to take any of this grid energy. So we're, we're really excited about what Tesla's doing. We're really excited about pushing forward on that ourselves um, so that we can, we can give people the right, uh, the right information so that they can make those decisions um, so that everybody can have a choice and, and we, can, we can create this more perfect uh, grid in the future. I love it. It's super disruptive and obviously giving people the choices that they should, they should have already. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's awesome. Um, thanks so much. Really appreciate it, Ben. Any, any last minute uh, thoughts, plugs that you wanted to share about uh, Wattpie and maybe where people can connect with you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love for them to take a look at, uh, at Wattpie.com and put in their, uh, uh, put in their address so that they can see some information um, and really to uh, hopefully they can take charge of their electricity. Thanks so much, Ben Hood. It's always a joy. Uh, to watch startup founders as they go from corporate environments into building startups. And I've known you for a while, so it's been great to watch your journey. And I've uh, been obviously cheering you on from the sidelines and and helping along the way as much as I can. So great to see. And obviously, you're disrupting a really interesting industry, uh, one that um, needs disrupting, as you mentioned in our conversation. It's it's kind of still archaic and has been similarly, um, you know, kind of similar setups since over 100 years in some cases. So um you know, great to see you doing some things to make change happen, as well as, um, you know, improve the things happening here on Earth. And obviously, everything related to energy kind of trickles down to, uh, you know, impacting our climate. So I want to stay here on Earth. So I appreciate what you're doing. All right. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. It's, uh, you know, one of those things we, we try to create episodes that will help add value. And I, I know we touched on a couple of topics there with uh, building startups that uh, Ben could potentially help you along the way. So Please do share this with somebody you think might find it helpful. You know, sharing is part of our community and sharing is caring. So please share it along. And uh, if you liked what you heard, please drop us a review over on, you know, Apple or Google or wherever you're listening to this podcast. All right, before we uh, wrap, I wanted to share one more update about a community member. That community member is Finmark. Finmark is a financial planning software. Uh, it helps with uh, startups with forecasting and Uh, cash projections, uh, things like revenue forecasting, which is kind of important, as well as keeping track of your runway, another critical thing for starting when you're a startup. So it's actually one of the products we really believe is uh, helpful to anybody along the startup journey. And we wanted to um, share a special, you know, special discount, I guess you could say for community members. So if you go over to um, est.us forward slash Finmark, you can get a 30 day free trial on us. Check it out. Um, Finmark was one of our top companies last year in our in our uh, awards, as well as an, a company that we actually invested in as well. So check it out, est.us forward slash Finmark. All right, so if you have a startup idea and you want to get it going, today is the best day to start up and get it going, iterate, and hopefully 
Um, we can help you along the way with our Startup of the Year community. If you didn't catch it earlier, you can join it anytime for free. Just go to SOTY.link forward slash apply or just go to Startup of the Year and look for the application. We have a number of different programs and things that we offer throughout and uh, we're here to help. So until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off. Thanks again for listening. Wishing you the best of luck in your future success for all of your adventures. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon. 